This is Jackets Debrief, a show about the Columbus Blue Jackets, the National Hockey League, and part of the Hockey Podcast Network. I was muted, so I'm going to start all over again. Man, I feel silly. All right, we have got the news we've been all waiting for. Hockey's going to be back uh, January 13th. Uh, the news came today that we have the official deals in place. This is all happening. It's all going to be happening, folks. I I am super excited to actually get it back. Um, and it's about a month before I said I would be uh, satisfied with it. If, if you've been listening to the show for any length of time, you've heard me say more than once that if we were playing hockey by Valentine's Day, I would be happy. And there we are. So to celebrate, we are going to go start off with Beer of the Week which this week is Columbus Brewing Company's Go-Kart Ghost Super Pale Ale. Now, full disclosure here. There was a uh, an error of some sort in our refrigerator that kind of slightly opened the cap on this before I was able to get to it. So if the thing seems a little flat, I will not give it too many down points. Oh, it's got a touch of carbonation still left in there, so I'm happy about that. See, there he is. He's a nice, pretty color. You can see that carbonation still coming up. Let's give it a flavor and a taste. I'm not a big pale ale guy myself, but... Hmm, that's good. A little bit of fruitiness to it. Um, not that overpowering uh, hop flavor that you normally get out of a pale ale, which is really nice. What is this? A 6.1%. Really good. Um, I'm not sure what their... Yeah, their little description of it on their website here. I'll wipe the ring off the computer there. Uh, the green, This green flag has been waved, and it's time to take a few laps with our newest pale ale, Go-Kart Ghost. The revved-up hop editions of El Dorado and Mosaic in this deep golden beer contribute aromas of citrus and candied stone fruit. This is a race you don't want to end. You won't want to end. Yeah, real good. Nice, sweet. For a pale ale, I really like that. Um, like I just said, not a big pale ale guy. This is really good. Anyway, getting into the news of the day. The, uh, it's just so wonderful. It is official, folks. Hockey's going to start January 13th. The official schedule is going to be out sometime this week, so join us for the midweek show. Maybe we'll have it by then. This year has got some real interesting wrinkles that I'm looking forward to seeing. One is, so this new Central Division, when we've talked about it in the past, uh, I think the idea was that Minnesota was going to be in it with us. That has been altered. Um, It is now Dallas uh, that's going to be in this division with the Blue Jackets here. And so that changes a little bit of the calculus from it. I mean, I think you'd rather have Minnesota that you're going to play a few times uh, at, what is it? I think they said it was seven times or eight times each team you're going to play. I would rather it be Minnesota uh, than Dallas, but I will confess that I am not, um, I'm not, I, I'm, I, I think it's a, I still think it's a good uh, division for the Blue Jackets. I think it's very good still. Um, I think it's a division where our, uh, and, and you'll hear this in our discussion with our guests coming up here, but I think it's a division that the Blue Jackets really have uh, 
uh, a big chance of doing well in here. I'm going to pull it up here. So if you're watching the video version of the show, you'll be able to see it. But yeah, so the as it's going to be called the Central with the Blue Jackets, it's going to be Detroit, Chicago, Columbus, Nashville, Carolina, uh, Tampa, uh, Miami or Florida, and Dallas. The East is going to be Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Washington, Philadelphia, New Jersey, New York, uh, New York, <laughs> and Boston. Uh, out West, you're going to have Minnesota, St. Louis, Colorado, Vegas, Arizona, uh, and then the three California teams. And then up north is obviously the North Division. It's just all the Canadian teams. This makes a lot of sense when I looked at it. And this map that I'm showing you, if you're not seeing it, I mean, it's I, I retweeted on Twitter as well. Uh, but it's I think it does a good job of showing kind of why it makes sense these teams are where they are. Because if you're the NHL, when you were formulating this central division, one of three teams was going to kind of be a, a standout like a sore thumb in the West, Minnesota, St. Louis, or Dallas. One of them was going to have to travel too far West for all these games. Now, some of you may be asking, well, you know, why can't they play games against other teams in other divisions for competitive balance? Uh, the NHL has decided that because the seven Canadian teams can only play the other seven Canadian teams. It only makes sense that all the divisions only play within their own division. So theoretically, you could have had a situation where it was, you know, uh, Dallas was in the West with uh, St. Louis. And, and I guess St. Louis and Dallas could have been kind of travel buddies where it wasn't a long flight for either one of them. Um, but I mean, really, the way the NHL is structured currently, Minnesota and St. Louis, I mean, Minnesota, St. Louis, Chicago and Nashville kind of make this nice little corridor together, but you couldn't really group them unless you wanted to group them together and then somehow have. I don't know, one of the Florida teams jump over to the West, which wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. So I, I totally get why they did this the way they did. Um, we're starting to see different division projections come out now. People who've done, you know, these are analytics. They use things like uh, wins above replacement and those types of stats to really get a sense of where things are at. Uh, for what I've seen a lot of, the Blue Jackets are projected to do well in this division, projected to do very well. One of the things that I found fascinating was somebody went through and... Uh, looked at all these records and said, Hey, teams that are now playing in these new divisions, how did they do last year? And it's funny. Cause when you look at Columbus, just against these teams, they only had one regulation loss all of last season. <laughs> so it, it looks good for the blue jackets. We will say that it looks very good for the blue jackets. Um, I personally love the idea of this. Oh, and then uh, the other half of it, the other part of it that's interesting is at the end of this, so essentially the Blue Jackets are going to play uh, each team in their division eight times. So by the end of this, some of these rivalries are going to get kind of intense uh, when you just see teams playing each other over and over and over again, which if this was every year, I would be annoyed by it because it's one year. I'm excited by it. I think it sounds really cool and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, so that'll be cool. I'm excited about that. Um I've got a couple, a little bit of a chat with uh, with our guest that we've got uh, coming up here, and uh, we're going to jump into that now. Um, I'll do the introduction for. I will let you know that this uh, conversation happened a day or two ago, so the news of what just broke isn't part of it. But we'll uh, jump to our uh, jump to to tell you about our, our sister show here on the Hockey Podcast Network, and then we'll come back with our interview with the wonderful Allison Lucan.
Hello, bonjour, hello, hi, heya, and previet, hockey fans. Welcome to the Europuck Podcast, the show where two Brits talk all things European hockey as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. If you want to keep updated on all of the latest news, scores, or standings from across the European hockey world, you want to get some insight from some very interesting guests discussing their stories with hockey and how the sport grows around in Europe in different interesting places, or if you want to keep updated with all of the leagues across Europe that are either playing, have been suspended, cancelled, delayed indefinitely, then do check out our latest episodes of the Europuck podcast every Friday as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. We have a YouTube channel, the Europuck Podcast, and you can listen to us wherever else you get your podcasts. So check us out every Fridays and we'll see you there, folks. All right, so welcome to Jacket's Debrief. Uh, she writes for First Ohio Battery. You can hear her on the Too Many Men podcast. And she's, in my opinion, the probably the best hockey writer out there today. Welcome, Allison Lucan. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. All right. Happy to have you. I I personally am of the opinion that one of these days, some one of the national things is going to figure out how good you are at this. They're going to hire you and then you'll only write about the Blue Jackets once in a blue moon. So I'm enjoying <laughs> having that while you're here. <laughs> well, that's very kind of you to say. If, if, if nothing more happens, I, I'm thrilled to be writing about this team and this organization. And the fans are obviously fantastic. So it's it's a great place to be seated. Wonderful. I'm happy to hear it. Um, all right. So, so starting off before we jump into any of the hockey, uh, because in the most recent article you wrote, you wrote that your man, your uh, major in college was like leadership studies, yep. which is fascinating to me as far as what would have been in, involved in that. So, getting into something that's a little away from hockey at first, what what's the last book you read that you would recommend to somebody and be like, hey, maybe maybe anybody should read this. Wow, that is a great question. Let me pull up my Kindle. Hold on. <laughs> do, 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 do. Let's see what I have been reading. I've been reading quite a few things. Um, Ali Brosh, who used to have a blog, she is a tremendous writer. And I can't remember what her book is called. I have that in hard copy in the back. Uh, that's really good. Um, let's see, what else am I reading? I'm, I'm actually reading some yoga books. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Um, I just finished Quiet again, which is a book about introverts. Love that. Um, and let's see what else I'm reading. Hold on. Let me tell you Ali Brosh's book because it's wonderful. It's one of my favorite things. Um, let's see. They have her old one, which is Hyperbole and a Half, but she does have a second book. I'll find it and let you know. But Ali Brosh is a tremendous uh, graphic writer. She writes in comic and it's wonderful. Oh, wow. Okay. I might have to check that out. There's Hyperbole and a Half. So I'll figure out what her other books are and take a look at those. Awesome. All right. Um, so the article that, that came out just recently, you did on, on First Ohio Battery um, about analytics and tangibles and why they both matter. Um, what, what was it that made you say, hey, this is something I think needs to be out there that, that I think people need to, need to hear this message still? <laughs> well, to be honest, first, uh, before uh, yesterday, when uh, news starts to come out of an agreement, there's not been a lot of hockey to write about um, right now This with these big, long pauses. But um, it's just something that's been on my mind for a while. You know, I get I get chirped at the rink um, and in other places. I think people think that analytics people are all analytics and quote unquote eye test people are all eye test people. And 
this has just been a nuance that's been really important to me for a long, long time. And I thought it was time to put that out there and explain a couple key things. First, both can exist in harmony, eye test and data, and they should. And second of all, these eye test things, these intangible things, there actually is in fact a way to measure a lot of the qualities that we talk about that aren't currently on spreadsheets. Um, We can measure things like leadership. We can look and say, are there ways to measure other things we think matter? Um, So those were kind of the two key points I was trying to drive home. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that. I think there's a, yeah, I don't understand the, the, the animosity or the, the, the adversarial relationship, it seems between that analytics and, and eye testings. It seems like, and it's weird because it seems like even most coaches in hockey get it. They're like, no, it's information. Why wouldn't I get it? It's just this weird thing between fans and analysts that's still keeping this thing alive. Yeah, I, I think it does go deeper. I think if you go back to when analytics started to come on the scene, I think that the analytics community maybe didn't always do the best job of being humble um, in some of their findings. I think that when you're when you put a ton of effort into something scientific, if you will, um, you're going to come out very declarative and very um, defending of your position. Um, and to come out like, I know everything, it's this, this, this can be off-putting. Um, I also think the language has really hurt us. John Tortorella is a great example. If I ask John Tortorella about Corsi and expected goals, he's going to laugh me right out of the room. But if I talk about quality chances, quality shots, getting pucks going towards the net, um, if I translate analytical concepts to words that he talks in, that's a conversation we can have all day. So I do get it. And I also do appreciate that that same language barrier has hurt us with fans. There was a comment on the article that said, you know, I see Corsi and I don't understand anything and I move along. We're not allowing our audience to understand these terms if we use hard to to grasp words that don't mean anything. Um, So I think that's key. And also, I think that for the fan who doesn't want to get into that, it feels like maybe they're being judged and, and, you know, I've always said, if you're a fan and you want to sit and drink beer and cheer your team and, and enjoy big hits and enjoy big goals and cry when the team loses and cheer when the team wins, that is just as valid as someone like me who wants to sit and dig deeper. However you want to enjoy your team, enjoy your team that way. Everything is good. Yeah, no, definitely. And I, I am... I am an advocate at this point. I think hockey has all the hardcore fans we need. I think what we need to grow is those <laughs> casual fans. Those people For sure. Who, those people who, like you said, they just want to have a beer, have a good time. And when the team loses that, you know, that's, uh, uh, yeah, that's, you know, they just, they're upset by it. They move on. But, yeah. you know, for them, it's not this thing where they, they want to analyze it like it's something they're writing a doctoral dissertation on. That's right. <laughs> that's right. For sure. <laughs> all right. Now. I don't know if you've seen the most recent reports you probably have as far as what these new divisions are going to look like. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been having this debate. I, I keep feeling like the Blue Jackets might be better off in this new version of the Central. Now, adding from the last report, I think we traded out Minnesota for Dallas, right. so that's a Correct. little harder. I agree. But, we're, I mean, do you think they're better off with what they're facing this coming season than they would have been in the Metro? My right now, yes. And I can, the more I talk about it, I can talk myself in and out of that opinion. But I, (laughs) if if you look at what could have happened um, when you say we're going to reorganize the teams, I like this division. I like it for a couple reasons. Longtime fans will remember the rivalries um, with Nashville, with Detroit. There's a callback there. There's this budding rivalry with Tampa Bay. Um, And I really think that you're looking at Tampa Bay 
Columbus, Carolina, and now, like you said, with the addition of Dallas, these are the teams that are going to be in the mix. And if we, if this divisional playoff thing starts to happen where it's the top four teams from every division, Columbus is there in my opinion. So yeah, I mean, there's no Pittsburgh now Pittsburgh, in my opinion, is starting to get on the decline, but there's no Philly. There's no Washington. Um, I like it. Let's see what the Jackets can do. I think they can make some noise. Yeah. This Tampa, I'm, the idea that the Blue Jackets are going to play Tampa six or seven or eight times next season. This this is going to get very interesting. Those get those final games are going to get real chippy. I think. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm excited by that. Um, now, speaking of the team itself, do do you think they're better than they were a year ago? Do you think there's still something out there they need to do? I, well, let's start with the first one. Do you think they're yeah. better, a better team? Assuming that everyone was healthy, do you think they're better than they were a year ago? It's hard for me. Um, it's really hard. I think that the Josh Anderson change, um, I, I think Josh Anderson would have been a tremendous blue jacket and I think he should have stayed. Um, now that's easy for me to say, cause I don't write <laughs> the checks and I was not in the negotiations. Right. So um, I think the loss of Josh Anderson is huge. I like the fortification down the middle um, with Max Domi. I think obviously this team needed to get offensively better and they did, but I do think there's also a little bit of a sacrifice losing a player like Ryan Murray Um, special teams, particularly the PK has been massive for this team for quite a few years now. And now they've lost Wenberg. They continue to be without Anderson now, and they're a little thinner defensively. So I tend to say on the whole, they're probably slightly better, but they are a little bit of a different team than what we're used to. They're going to have to be a little different. And I do think they still need to get better offensively. Yeah, I I know that from listening to you when you were uh, talking with Portsline a lot, you were definitely on the let's keep Josh Anderson bandwagon there. And I... I wasn't. I don't disagree. I th- he was going to be great. Um, I think he, he'll do great in in Montreal. I don't know if seven years is agree. If, if he stays healthy, he'll. Be, I think he'll be good for that. But I that's the that's the trick with him. But see, I'm, here's the thing. Everyone says that. Who else on this team had almost the exact same injury? What is it now? Two, three years ago, Zach Wierenski. Shoulder yeah. had to be surgically repaired completely broke down. I don't know the specifics, but arguably in some ways that might've been a more severe tear. I don't know for sure, but we don't sit and go, Oh my gosh, Zacharinsky, can he stay healthy? Can he stay healthy? This was one significant injury. And you know, it sounds like there were some other variables coming into play why Josh Anderson didn't play, but you know, Ryan Murray really is the only player where we can always go. Can he stay healthy? Can he stay healthy? Um, I, again, I, I think this decision is going to be watched for for a long time to come. Yeah, and I uh, part of what makes it an easier pill to swallow, in my opinion, is it for the first time that yeah, that I can remember for two years we're going to have a one and two center. Yes, agree. That 100%. makes that much easier to deal with because I, I mean it, it just that's something the Jackets haven't had in 100%. in a long time. Um, totally agree. Yeah, so I'm I'm excited to see what Max Domi can do. Do you think he'll what was the I think it was this week they said it looked like he might be playing with Cam and Felino. I Correct. Do you yeah. think Felino in that top 6 roles a good idea? Do you, I I don't know. I'm not sure about Nick there, but Yeah, it's you know, it's interesting and you know that is in fact um I I know that it came out from the the chat, the online chat that Nick Felino and 
Cam did, but um, John Tortorella did tell that to Porty, Aaron Portsline, a couple weeks ago. So that is, in fact, what he's at least thinking for now. But we also know how committed John Tortorella is to keeping lines in place. <laughs> um, but I don't mind it. Uh, Nick Foligno surprised me last year with his ability to contribute high in the lineup. And if you look at his underlying numbers, um, he's sneaky, surprisingly good as a two-way player. And I think that when you talk about the chemistry between players on a line, Nick Felino is the kind of player that can create just a little bit of chaos, not crazy chaos, not Josh Anderson chaos, but a little bit of chaos. And the beauty of that, the benefit of that is that that brings space to the other players on his line. And that's what Cam Atkinson was missing, in my opinion, last year. Um, so I, I'm intrigued. I, I don't mind it as a starting. And now if it, again, it'll change five minutes in the game one, <laughs> but I don't mind it to start. Yeah, I when I there was it was one of those things when I first heard it, I was like, oh, it feels like there's somebody else we could. And the more I thought about, it, I'm like, right. Well, having kind of that guy who doesn't mind getting rough, he's a he's a tough on puck retrievals, that kind of stuff. Having him in there starts to make a lot of sense. When, yeah. like you're saying, part of Cam's issue is that space, and and teams are going to be kind of. It feels like teams are going to be waiting, you know, kind of going over to Domi and and Cam on that line. Mm-hmm. So, given Nick some open space is probably going to just be a good thing for him. So, I'm I'm feeling yeah, better agree. about it the more I see it there. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So, and and finally, here's one thing I wanted to ask: this season, 56 games. Yes. Does it feel like it's designed to make people who are more analytically minded in how we see the game kind of drive us nuts? Because it feels Ooh. like we're going to get a bunch of goalies on benders and guys on hot streaks. And some guys cold. So after this season, a bunch of guys are either going to get, you know, bigger contracts because of it or or thought less of because of it. That's a great question. And that's not something people are talking about. Kudos to you. I'm going to give you credit for that, Frank, when I I bring it up, because that's a good point. Um, I hadn't thought about it, but I think um, here's what I think for goaltenders. I don't know if it's going to be hot streak for goaltenders. I think it's going to be a tremendous study in workload management because it sounds like this is going to be very compressed. Um, and that's a strength the Blue Jackets have is they have two really good goaltenders where if you have four games in seven days, you can play a rested goaltender each of those games because you can trust both. What is Washington going to do? I mean, Braden Holtby's not playing now. What are they going to do? Um, what is Pittsburgh going to do? They have a rookie backing up Jari. I mean, these are interesting questions. But on the skater level, you raise a really good point because we are right we're, we're close to the sweet spot of what people start to feel really comfortable with data wise. And uh, I think that the ramifications of this past off season, which came in two chunks and this season, we're going to be studying these for years. We're going to be looking at the development impact on the young players who haven't played. We're going to be looking at the impact on teams that didn't play since last March. I mean, Detroit, what are those players going to look like? How quickly are they going to come back to speed? What are contracts going to look like to your point? I think this, the impact of the season is going to be measured easily the next 10 years in so many different ways. Yeah, that's, that's a, that's, yeah, you're right. There's verifications for this could go very far. And I, I think this is because the question that kept getting asked all last year was, oh, are we going to trade one of those two goalies? Now it looks like a genius move to have not traded either one because this isn't the season to do it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, I do want to thank you. Well, very much. And, but now do they with Washington? <laughs> <laughs> it depends on what you offer, I guess. I mean, 
Yeah. I mean, because theoretically, if you've got Kim Lennox, you could bring up if you because he he filled in a little bit last year and looked pretty good, but I think it's hard to not argue that'd be a step down. But yeah, you if you offer enough for it, it might be might be worth it there. All right. Well, I I want to thank you for coming on today, Allison. It was wonderful. Thanks for giving us your time here. Um, and, and again, other than First Ohio Battery and and Too Many Men, where else can people find find you? Yep, I'm on the Front and Nationwide podcast with Aaron Portsline and uh, on Twitter at Allison L. Pretty much anything I do, you can uh, find funneled through there. Oh, thank you very much, Allison. You have have a have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you so much for having me. All right, so that was uh, a good conversation there. I, I always enjoy reading her work and 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 all that. So, a um, couple other stories to to jump into uh, to kind of wrap up this week or this show anyway, um, there was the initial report that uh, Alexander Texier had been hurt. Uh, it was good to see Portsline report that wasn't the case. Uh, apparently the situation was that he was playing uh, in his hometown team uh, in the game. And after the first period, he saw it was getting a real chippy and real physical. And he knew the NHL was kicking back up soon. So he pulled himself from the rest of the game. Because uh, why be in a game where guys are going to be throwing dirty hits if uh, if you're going to be leaving town in a week in a couple of days anyway to go play in the NHL? The other is uh, I'm seeing a lot of anger online directed at how the Blue Jacks are handling the ticketing situation right now. This is my perspective on it. Now I'm somebody who has I'm a ticket holder. Uh, you know you pay them and all that good stuff, and I'm set up where like every month I pay them X amount of dollars, whatever. And every month, like clockwork, I've gotten an email saying, oh, we know that in these trying times, you know, this stuff's more difficult. And and they say, hey, if you need to work something out, give us a call, get something set up. And it also says in the second paragraph of said email, when it comes to how the 2021 season will be conducted, we'll let you know when we know. So what it's going to come down to is if you're someone who's a ticket holder and you're trying to get a whole, you know, you're you want to know what's going to happen. The key at this point is patience folks. Um, are they going to have limited fans in the stands? I don't know. Me personally, would I go? No, not at this point. I, I just, to get into the arena with it being a third full and you're wearing masks and, and I, I'm, I'm on board for me personally. It's I'm waiting for the vaccine and then we'll, reevaluate and then the 21 22 season will hopefully be back to normal and i can i can see the first time the jackets play the kraken or something like that so that's that's where i'm at with it at this point but when it comes to this stuff guys i mean have some patience things are going to get worked out it's either going to be something where you defer all your games to next year maybe they'll get you a few in this year we'll see what happens so patience is the key if it's something where you know that money's something you need get a hold of them down there uh talk to them try and get the money back try and do something because I think they're willing to work people. They know this is just a crazy situation, but you know, talk to the reps directly uh, on that stuff. And, and from there. So anyway, just my two cents on what I see the situation. I, I don't know anybody down at the ticket's office. So it's not like I'm, I'm not trying to speak for them. It's just my personal experience on it, but I do want to thank you all for listening. Um, we're going to start some pre- season preview stuff here real soon. Uh, again, it was two shows a week. So we've got one coming out on Mondays. We've got one coming out on Thursdays and these are always visible as well on YouTube. So, if you want the video version of the show, but we're going to start doing the season previews coming up probably this Wednesday, I think. So uh, thank you all very much for, thank you all very much for watching, uh, listening, whatever you do and go jackets. Please subscribe to the show. Follow us on Twitter at jackets, Debrief, and thank you for listening. <laughs>